0: Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Talking About Walkers The Walking Dead podcast. I am your host, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And this is episode number one hundred and sixteen. I am joined by my beautiful and talented co host, the one and only Jen.
1: Hi. I'm 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 I am so excited about last night's episode.
0: Yes. And it seems like uh that uh, it's getting good reviews as well, and will it get a good review from us? We'll mm. find out in just a moment. But um, yeah, uh, it's, we're back for another episode uh, or another uh, season. Um, Hard to
1: believe we're at one sixteen, right? Huh? Yes, yeah, one
0: hundred and sixteen episodes.
1: That's a lot of shows.
0: It is. It is. Um. Okay, so let's do this. Um, uh, I'm going to hand the mic over to you and uh, let's do this thing.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, I am I'm going to start with just sort of my own <clears throat> uh, take on what I expected going into this episode, this season, and what I actually got. So I expected that Season 10 would be more of the same. Um, I was actually mildly surprised by last season's ability to sort of pick up some things that I didn't even expect them to. But I was also really disappointed by the pacing, the timing, the, oh God, I don't know. Just, I had a a bunch of sort of little, just not, little bickering things about where things were going. And that's never really a good place to be when you want to enjoy a show, when you start nitpicking all the little pieces out of it. So last night when I sat down to watch this, I sort of had like a zero expectation about what might happen. And I have to say, by the end of this, um, I, I was really surprised at how well they executed a first episode for a series that is now in its 10th season. It was, you know, I don't know how much they listen to uh, the fans, how much they listen to the critics, how much they sort of have their own internal sense of what's going on. But if last night's episode is any indication of where season 10 is going, it's really off to a good start. The timing was so well done last night and I didn't feel like even though I know that we are episodically almost, you know, in the zombie soap opera, it didn't feel that way to me last night. It felt very fresh again. It felt like even though there's all these new problems that are really the same problems, they all felt differently presented and i thought that that was just really excellent so that was my initial take what was your initial
0: take first of all i love the way that it it began um i thought that was really cool because it you know it it began and we're in outer space and i'm sitting there like wait a minute Mm -hmm. what's going on here you know and it wasn't like because you know the minute you say when you add outer space to a lot of stuff, you already go. Wait a minute! Oh boy, Wait. they're
1: jumping the shark,
0: right? Jumping the shark. <laughs> is this gonna? Is this gonna be uh, Moonraker? You know, <laughs> so, there
1: a zombie in outer space. Yeah, I know. I had that feeling too.
0: Right, but no, no, it was uh, not that. It was very good, and I and I enjoyed. I enjoyed how they they used the whole outer space element to the uh, the show. And with the um, the satellites coming down, uh, there there used to be the show back in the day called, um, um, oh my god, the oh, what's that show? It was on the History Channel, and it was the show where it would show you life after people. You oh know I mean? right, yeah, that was good. And it would it it would break down like what would happen after you know we were all gone, right? And it would just you know as you know a decade would go by as you know it's just more time would go by and it and one of the things that they i saw angela king talk about was they had like a, a conversation about like what would happen and one of the things was the the satellites you know would fall down right outer space and i thought that was that was cool because you know uh as we're going on in this story and uh you know things are starting to happen uh that is uh something that unfortunately you know well i mean I guess it doesn't matter at this point right they didn't even need it but yeah uh, you know i just liked how they uh how that was like a um a thing you know
1: well you know so so that actually set the stage for quite a few things. I think that happened throughout this episode, but I'm I'm going to use that as one of the examples of why this episode was so good. And you know, Greg Nicotero uh, holding the reins, it it always feels like there's something fresh. Um, I I just, I really, I enjoy his style a lot. But the thing that this episode did, which they have tried to do uh, sort of with mixed success in the past is they had what I would call a broken timeline where something would happen and you would see it from the vantage point of the people who were involved in it at the time. But then we sort of go through the episode and, the same thing is basically happening, but in a different location. So right. you sort of see the perspective from multiple different places and multiple different people, even though the events are basically the same. And I really did like that. Thought that that was really clever and well-executed this time. I, I, let's talk for a second about Roman Training Day. Right. So uh, really excellent that they decided to use uh, Roman military tactics. I thought that that was actually excellent.
0: uh, What's that? It's called like a phalanx.
1: I mean, it was... You could even see them forming up in squares. I mean, like, it it was actually good. I thought that that was just absolutely uh, mammothly clever. That they are learning that um, as one they stand strong. But... uh, by themselves or without the group, they are much weaker. And this really brought that home in a big way, which I, again, I just thought was absolutely amazing. So we also got the fact that uh, they're definitely very integrated with Seaside, which is also very nice. Like that a lot. Um, I I sort of loved the fact that that, that all together now, as uh, as a as a group, it feels more um, homogenous isn't the word um, cohesive. I think is a better word. It feels much more cohesive. Like the groups have sort of moved past their petty fighting and you know who does who what and are definitely now okay. No, we got to stand together. I don't know if that's actually because of the whispers, but. It still still feels like that's really an awesome part. Um, And then, of course, Judith finds the mask of the dead. And that stirs into motion just uh, an interesting um, response from just about everybody. And then all the responses are so different, right? We have Michonne, who responds in one way, and then we have... um, just about everybody else responding differently, which I I also thought was really cool. What did you think of that?
0: No, I thought it was good too because it goes into like where they're at as far as how they view where, where the um, you know the uh, how they view um, where they're at as far as the um, end of the world, you know.
1: And isn't it? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just saying, like, uh, you know, because different people, they kind of view everything like differently. Right.
1: Mm.
0: And, um, some people, you know, they're all for, they're all for the, um, the, uh, this is what it is. This is how you're supposed to be yada, yada, yada. And then you have those who, who maybe don't understand it yet. Um, I think we're, I think most people kind of get it now. So, that's not as big of an issue, but um it just kind of gives insight into it
1: you know what i what I kind of uh secretly loved was that Michonne, who originally was sort of the uh take no prisoners and no risk is uh is an acceptable risk, has turned into oh, okay well wait a minute let's let's actually think about this let's let's actually not make everything the sky is falling, the sky is falling, when ironically, the sky is falling. And I just thought that that was just sort of uh, an awesome way of bringing us into where people are. You know, Michonne, who has never been the one to, to err on the side of, well, maybe it's not as bad as we think. I mean, maybe it's, may, it could be okay. Okay, let's just see what happens. Cautious trepidation. Uh, where everybody else used to be exactly that. And Michonne, I mean, I, like just the rules have just reversed so much. So that was really super interesting. Um, I, I really, I wanted to get your take on this. So it seemed like a big theme last night uh, all the way through. In fact, it encompasses a couple of conversations it was, are we the good guys? Um, and I wonder if this, episode is setting us up for season 10 to be much more about the ethics of being the survivors instead of just the problems and solutions of being the survivors. I mean, like we grapple a little bit with some of that in sort of every season, but I don't think we've had a season that really delved into the deeper psychology of is what we're doing the right thing and i i I thought all of the conversations around that were really really insightful and good this episode what did you
0: think no yeah uh the writing is way better let's just be honest the the writing is better i really love with uh angela king i really believe that she's uh doing a fantastic job and um um, n- no disrespect to, uh, <laughs> uh, somebody else, but, uh, <laughs> uh, no, but it, it's, I, I really do believe that it's, it's way better.
1: It's, uh, you know, it's funny because it feels like they haven't changed anything. Right. And when I say that, I mean... The, the premise of the story is exactly the same. We're not changing up so much of our uh, of the of the storyline, or you know, we haven't done such a huge time jump that we can't. Uh oh, did I lose you? Here,
0: hello. There oh, you
1: go. Okay. Uh,
0: there
1: there was a freshness to last night that I personally i I haven't experienced in quite a few seasons. And I'm, I'm, I am eagerly expecting this to last throughout the season. I really hope it does really hope it does. Even the kids had better lines than they have in previous um, in in previous episodes. And it just everything felt like it came together for this uh, episode. I mean, that's what I think.
0: I agree. Yes. I
1: I also really liked Michonne <clears throat> saying that, um, that, you know, it's part of understanding and being strategic is about critical thinking and understanding that sometimes not only is it okay to not act in fear, but act with trepidation, I guess is a good word, um, careful consideration you know, understanding that seeing the ley lines in what's happening <clears throat> isn't always about just jumping in and, and fixing a problem or just jumping in and, you know, creating some solution or pathway forward. It's really about thinking about the bigger picture. And I don't know, I, I feel like that is sort of new. I, maybe I'm wrong and maybe maybe Rick really had a lot of that too, but I I feel like it wasn't as projected as it is right now? What do you think?
0: Mm. Man, that's a great question. No, I don't think so. No, not at all.
1: I, <clears throat> I think, remember, I, I think I said this last season when they were, you know, pulling around their own version of the Constitution, right? Mm. That, that it felt like they wanted to go in the direction of... um this is how we reform as a society. So after the apocalypse, all these things have changed. All these things are who we want to be, but who we have to be gets in the way of who we want to be. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now what they're sort of getting at is it doesn't matter. There's never a good time to be who we want to be. It's if we don't behave as who we want to be, we will never be those people. And I, I, Really felt that last night, both with Daryl and Carol, with um, with Michonne and everyone, mm-hmm. um, and even with Eugene. But ironically, the biggest and it was such a short little uh, piece of the episode. I felt it the most with Negan. <clears throat> I felt like Negan and especially Gabriel at that last scene. It, it it was just that was really heavy to me. What did you think about it?
0: Yeah, and it was funny too. Let's just be honest. Uh, Negan is Negan is quite the comedian. <laughs> <laughs> He's so, always been a comedian.
1: He's just he just used to be scarier.
0: Right, right. No, I I thought uh, I, I loved really, his
1: line about braining people with a tomato.
0: Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. yeah. Um. No i I think that uh I think that um. Uh, you know any time when you you know he's a part of it it's just going to be magic <laughs> you know what i'm saying it, it's
1: it's almost like you know it's almost like in negan um, boy how can i say this you know i think negan sees into situations that nobody else sees into or can see into Uh Like, he is able, his unique perspective is not just one of, I happened to be uh, the most horrible person alive. What he really sort of represents is the faction of humanity that understands that in in a post-apocalyptic environment, things will never be the same right you think that you're bringing things to to align you think that you are you know lulling yourself basically into a false sense of security but here's the real deal the real deal is under the surface it's always going to be this way i i kind of like that because not because i you know think that what megan is saying is like oh yeah that's my that's my uh that's what i would say too it's not my mantra but i like it because it presents for us <clears throat> excuse me an ulterior way of looking at things that that don't always that, that even though i think the walking dead tries to tell us it's not always really obvious without having some kind of dialogue that that's really what it's all about and i i really liked that it was just forthright this time i mean his line about uh feeding gabriel wisdom uh regurgitating his wisdom like a baby bird I, right. I just loved that i mean it just it really you know baby bird a little bit of my wisdom into that pretty little mouth of yours that was the line i i loved that i really did
0: i did too that was pretty funny
1: and i also really liked the fact that gabriel was able to sort of make sense out of it without you know up and decking negan that also felt really good too
0: Sure, I I would have probably still decked him, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: would
1: Gabriel is a uh uh it's Gabriel is such an interesting character. All right, so let's segue that into uh three men and a baby. <laughs> and uh whew, man. What what jeez, I don't even know where to go with that. That honestly, that was the only part of the episode that sort of didn't sit well with me.
0: That was weird
1: it, it really was. although you know, I think we understand now that uh PTSD uh, after being with um after being with alpha it, it is such a huge like it gives you a, a sense of gravitas about what it was like to be with alpha, that it was so scary and so viscerally uh terrifying. That it's actually causing PTSD. I I thought that was fascinating. What did you think?
0: Yes, like Alpha is Alpha is going might go down to be one of the like you would think. Okay, you have the governor. You had Megan. Like, there's no way Alpha could be on that level, right? Mm -hmm because those guys were so iconic right and in her own way she is becoming the most formidable of everybody I
1: I think already right she is scarier on a on a magnitude to the governor and uh and and even to Negan I mean, yeah, I figured you know the saviors would be one of those uh, you know sort of up there. Nothing could really be more scary than a group of people who just sort of are I am Negan at their heart, the cult, you know. But it's not. I, it, it's sort of interesting to me because because Alpha, you know, I mean, not to you know make too much irony out of all of this, but Alpha is a woman of very few words. Mm-hmm. But the words that she does speak are so impactful. And it said a lot to me that by the time that we were at the end of the episode and Carol was looking at Alpha from across, across the quarry, that, that I felt a level of dread about that, and just how powerful Alpha really is. I mean, clearly Carol was in no danger at that moment, but that look that alpha was able to transmit across that quarry was absolutely terrifying uh, and uh, it was really surprising to me
0: it was a great shot too by the way it
1: really was now that that's the same quarry where we've seen uh walker herds right yeah
0: what happened to yeah that's what i was wondering uh
1: mm.
0: so they cleared it out or something uh, or did i forget well, it
1: Maybe, maybe they, um, m- much of the, the herd that was sort of a part of that is now, uh, in Alpha's like Alpha is not controlling them. I don't want to because I don't know if Alpha controls the dead so much as she,
0: oh, she sure so does. She's like
1: she, she's like a shepherd, a shepherdess, not a good shepherd. Um, uh, no, I'm not a benevolent shepherdess, that's for sure. Uh, but definitely, is that a word, shepherdess? Is it uh, what's a female shepherd?
0: Uh, uh, le shepherd.
1: <laughs> well, we'll just make up a word and say this is what alpha is. So, OK, so uh, so having but having said that there was something happened. I mean, OK, so a couple, couple things. Wait, just sort of randomly first so that I can get this out. Right. And then tell me what you think. Uh-huh. One thing is, if there is a herd out there and and. And Alpha is controlling them or uh, or acting as the shepherd to them. Um, the fact that they didn't all show up at the fire. When we know that the walkers are attracted to both light and sound. Mm-hmm. Said something. That would be pretty amazing. If she's able to control that many. And this huge thing happened. And still only the ones that showed up showed up. Which was formidable anyway right um but it seemed like everybody who was a walker within you know 20 30 miles of them should have appeared and clearly that's not what happened
0: right right no that's not what happened yeah
1: so it does seem like maybe something else is sort of happening i don't know I, I that that one has me kind of scratching my head. So, what did you think about that whole uh, the forest fire scene?
0: Oh, it was great! It was like backdraft with zombies. It was awesome. <laughs> no, that was pretty cool. I loved it, man. That that was a and it was a great visual. You know, it had a, this great look to it. So um, no, I I enjoyed that. That was really cool. I mean, and- they always do a, such an amazing job with that, and the action scenes were really well done. And the the episode looked very good. The cinematography was really excellent.
1: Definitely. Uh,
0: you know, I really enjoyed it. I I thought it was it was very well done. It was started off with a great script, and, and you know, everybody they have a great crew.
1: One um one of the things take that I'm-
0: away from the crew.
1: Oh yeah, definitely not. Uh, One of the things that I'm always so fascinated about with the, with the walking dead is watching the evolution of their tool building skills. And in the firefighting scene, it was pretty amazing how many tools they had sort of repurposed and crafted in order to get the job done. And I mean, it, it, to me, that really, that speaks to the level of um, detail that the showrunner and writers go into in terms and the directors go into, in terms of portraying to us, okay, the world is still collapsing and there's no new manufacturing and there's no new production of stuff. We have to cobble together stuff in order to make them of use. But the way that they are able to show us that, Hey, you know, we can still build tools we're, it's sort of the, it's like, this is what it means to be human. Human is building tools and repurposing things for our own use and, you know, taking stock of everything that's all around us and being able to then reuse it. It, I just felt like that was a fantastic uh, visual way of showing us that. I loved it. Just loved it.
0: Yeah. Ah, That was great.
1: So, you know, I, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't, although it was like the least interesting part of the entire episode, honestly, even even after Hefe's PTSD. Uh, I really didn't like Daryl and Carol. I, I, God. It kills me to say it. Because, uh, okay. I, I guess for a couple of reasons. One, because... I don't really understand whether they are uh, best buddies, whether there is something more, there's so zero chemistry between the two of them that it, it, it's whimsical and I appreciate that and I do like it, but it's whimsical. It, I mean, I felt like there was so much more between Carol and Ezekiel. And I at least there was it felt like there was a spark of something here between Daryl and Carol. It feels like they're teenagers palling around out in the woods. I don't know. There was just something something didn't feel right about it. I'm sure that I'll probably get hate mail on that one. But I didn't. What did you think?
0: I think the fans want them to be together. They want to believe that Daryl would hook up with her. Mm, there you uh, go. the thing is uh, Daryl said you're my best friend so he so what does that mean <laughs> you know <laughs> so uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know I mean why not hook them up I mean uh, but you know what though little Lord of the Rings when she fired off that, that arrow you know who she looked like
1: who did she look
0: like Lord of the Rings
1: Oh, you, you think really? You think she looked? Yeah, I guess she did. You're right.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah. So, it's uh, the,
1: the I think I think that maybe my skepticism about Daryl and Carol, whether they're a fan favorite or not, is that is that I, I will I will say that I was actually pretty surprised at how much more open Daryl was this first episode than I think I've seen him in the past three seasons combined. And so in that way, it was actually really satisfying because like I, it's weird. I, I, of course, love having, you know, the strong silent type that can, you know, sort of withstand everything and just do what needs to get done and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, there's so much. It's an interesting. Daryl's story is such an interesting backstory. And yet, from a personality standpoint, it always feels like Daryl just falls flat. And I love the scenes where there's some kind of depth to that character because it allows us to see that, you know what, he has been through hell Everything from the very beginning, he has just been through so much, and to not give him that depth of personality is sort of, I felt like it was a shame. And this episode really went a long way to making me feel like they were really trying hard on it. But where he was trying to connect with Carol felt like. dude, you're my friend. I really like you. I really want you to be with me. Hey, let's, you know, hop on a bike and grab some tequila and head off and see the world and all this stuff. But at the same time, I never got the feeling and I it was sort of reinforced by the end. I never got the feeling that Daryl was actually going to do leave the group because I think his identity is now the group. Whereas Carol has now moved off in completely sort of the opposite direction where she's been before, it's not like we haven't seen this from Carol before. Oh, I'm out on the boat. I'm going to stay out on the boat because basically and intrinsically at heart, Carol is an antisocial person. Uh, fight me on it if you want, but.
0: No, I agree with you.
1: And and so to have Carol try to pair up with Daryl to me feels, ew, it just feels so wrong. Like, okay, no, this I'm
0: just. I totally want that to happen.
1: I think I uh, yeah I think you might be right I think this might all be fan driven I don't know
0: I would love um, it why not yeah.
1: you know you as a as a kind of a confession right I used to every single time I used to watch uh, the walk I'm sorry the talking dead after the walking dead and I stopped watching it uh, after I don't know season seven maybe or season six I think. I I stopped watching it completely because I started getting so caught up in ideas that I don't think are necessarily the right ideas, and and stuff that was presented felt to me like, okay, well now you're just projecting stuff into the series, and I just didn't like it. Um, but I had I had the opportunity to watch this time, and I have to say that you know sometimes. It's amazing how much insight people actually have into the show and how long, when you think about how long this show has gone on, how much of that perspective is like, it just careens from one thing to the next. And the fact that there are still so many fans of the show that that actively are clamoring for anything to happen, including Daryl and Carol, is such a testament to the staying power of the show
0: yeah and and Chris Hardwick does a brilliant job he's amazing at his job and uh I'm a huge fan of his of what he does on this show
1: it you know to to be fair it really isn't it wasn't about Chris Hardwick and it wasn't about his guests and it wasn't it was about the this like I wanted to formulate my own ideas and I oftentimes would find myself feeling like I was caught off guard by stuff that they would present, and then I would go, "Oh yeah, but maybe that's not the way it is." And I had to stop watching it because I felt too influenced by what was happening. So had nothing to do with whether they're good or not. But this, but th- this particular episode of The Talking Dead was actually really excellent, and I really did appreciate all of the deconstruction well, that they did. I
0: thought him. he was really funny too, Chris. Yeah,
1: he, he was.
0: Yeah, he, he was. was funny. He always is, but he's. You know what? Um, Just as a side note, I know he went through some, you know, some stuff and I'm not going to get into that, but I was so glad that, you know, they did their process and, you know, they, he was allowed to come back because the dude is so talented and he is really good. And, you know, um, I just that episode, I don't know if you saw the episode where he first came back. And he yeah, I did. Years. Yep. I was damn near in tears, you know, because he seems so grateful for because you know, not everybody, not everybody is getting a second chance, you know. So, um, and you know, let's just be honest, most of the most of them people don't deserve it. You know, um, I, I'm not gonna say look, I don't know what happened in his situation I'm not going to even go into it because I don't feel like this is the place to do it but you know he's just very good at what he does he's a
1: he, he, he definitely is and and you can feel I love, I love the thing him. is you can feel Chris Hardwick's passion for The Walking Dead
0: yeah so you know like if I ever ran into him somewhere or, what, or whatnot I would definitely and I don't do that a lot when I see celebrities or whatever but I would go up to him and just you know and say like dude you're you know you're really good at what you do and his run his re renaissance after doing singled out and whatnot and then he got on g four and then became mm-hmm. the nerd guy yep uh I don't know did you ever watch g four yeah uh there was this guy named Kevin Pereira who was the the um the main host of attack of the show mm-hmm And he was literally the nerd guy. And then Kevin, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Chris Hardwick basically took his, he took his whole lane. (laughs) Poor guy. He was literally (laughs) the guy that they would call for all the nerd stuff. And he was, you know, building, you know, and then when Chris Hardwick and then Olivia Munn basically killed his career off, you know? Yeah. So I don't even know where Kevin Pereira is. He's really good too. He's very talented, but um, yeah. So I, I know he just knew that he was going to be the guy. And Chris Hardwick, uh, you know, he seized it and he became the nerd. So, yeah. uh, you know, but anyway, uh, I don't know, though. Can you be a nerd? You got a supermodel wife and. Oh,
1: no. Yes, you can still
0: be a nerd. I don't nerd. know, man. No, you can Driving still. sports cars and, you know, I'm going to need to see that nerd pass Uh I
1: I think part of part though of nerd culture is um you got to take your uh, you 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 have to be in a position where people actually like call you nerd and they don't mean it in a positive awesome self-esteem way they mean it in the most oh my god not a nerd yeah that way so
0: I, it just—I uh, don't know. That, that's a great conversation, not for this show, obviously, but uh, that's a great conversation, and we've had somewhat of that conversation on indie radio before. But just like you know, it, do you ever uh, like you're a nerd, right? But then do you ever like get out of it? Like, I mean, do you get out of it uh, once you've uh, achieved or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know.
1: You know who else is a nerd like that? Uh, no. Joe. Um, Oh gosh, I can't remember his last name. Oh darn! Yeah. Um, the the guy who plays Alced, uh, no. Joe Mangi,
0: like or whatever
1: M- Mangiello, Mangiello, yeah. yes, but, him.
0: But is he a nerd? I, really though? You can't, are you a nerd with a six pack? Yeah, that's the question, right? A nerd. If every chick, all these chicks, want to bang you, like, come on.
1: I don't know. I don't know.
0: I, I mean. He got nerd tendencies and all of that, and he's really smart to attach himself to all of that. Um, but I mean, come on now. All, like, all right, so like, putting him in a locker. I,
1: I think we could agree, <laughs> however, or I hope we could agree, however, that the one person who is the most nerdy of all nerds in the universe we are talking about is Eugene. Hmm. Because even in this episode, all the way until the very end of this episode, Eugene was nerding it out. Not only did he make, like, crazy time charts and exact formulations (laughs) on baby formula. Oh, my God. It was so funny. Um, There's just something both creepy and endearing about Eugene. And my favorite line from Eugene In the entire episode, was him saying uh, something like, "Well, we've all been exposed to radiation. Why do you think we all get turned into zombies after we die, anyway?"
0: (laughs) See, right? Yeah, and
1: and and I thought, you know, that's actually really interesting. We don't know. We still don't know exactly
0: know what that whole thing was about.
1: Uh, uh, Which thing?
0: the whole radiation thing because the writers were sitting there saying i know they're gonna be saying yes uh wouldn't they be nuked be res-, you know and all of that yes. so put that in there to kind of cover their butt
1: yes um, I, I, I totally yeah. agree
0: yeah so which you know hey uh i mean i ain't mad at him that was smart you know but,
1: but uh I mean, but i mean in 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 terms of what really caused the zombie apocalypse uh, or what could have been a precursor to the zombie apocalypse I mean damn that's a pretty good you know idea too we we're all exposed to some crazy amount of radiation it's as good a theory as any
0: right all right so... I,
1: I, I do, just one more thing I, I also just in turn have to say that Luke's response was also just as good which was no one's getting superpowers today
0: Right. I love it. <laughs> because,
1: yeah. you know, clearly the Walking Dead and the Marvel Universe can't exist at the same time. So just wanted to throw that in there.
0: That's right. Yeah. All right. How can cool. people get you in? Great social- episode.
1: Yeah. Really great episode. Great and, episode. And, and, and if this is what we've got coming for next season, I'm super excited. Okay. So people can find me on social media. Following Bliss One is my Twitter. And please drop me a line and let me know what you're thinking. And you can visit me on the web at MoviesMakeTheMeal.com, which is all decked out for Halloween right now, and Critical Laughs.com. How can people get you on social media?
0: They can get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on uh, Instagram, and they can get me or get us at IndyRadio.org. That's IndyRadio.org. All right. We'll see you next time with an all-new episode.